Uh, if you've got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 4 uh, and got something I want to share with you. Um, this actually is a passage that I used last week but felt God impress it upon me for today. And uh, I've been praying into this vision for the year and what the Lord's doing with us and going to all the prayer meetings that we've had and there have been so many words. Um, and uh, I've been listening. The internet's amazing, isn't it? I was able to not only use commentaries on this passage, but listen to lots of talks by other pastors and speakers, and, and a lot of them using it. Seems to be a word going around the world from this passage. Now, there are a lot of words to describe the last month, aren't there? Um, actually, let's read the passage first. So Luke chapter 4, let me read it. And I'm going to read from verse 13. Jesus has been in the wilderness, it's the beginning of his ministry, and he's been tempted by the devil. And then verse 13, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee, and the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened upon him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I read that last week and then the next bit and the next bit, Jesus carries on talking and everyone gets very, very angry with him. At first, they're very pleased, then they're very angry. Um, but we're going to focus on the first part of this passage again today. Now, there are a lot of words that you may have used to describe the last 12 months, uh, beginning with the letter F. Yes? The letter F, that was the title today, um, about the F word and God's blessing. Maybe you use the word fear with the danger and the risks. You've used that a lot this year about the, about the vaccination and COVID. Maybe frustration. You've been frustrated. Anyone here been frustrated with anything? Team in the room. Um, things we can't do. My wife apparently is going to be struggling to type this week because she's getting her nails done. Great excitement. Frustration. Facts. <laughs> so is Anthony getting his nails done too. Um, facts. Trying to, as we try and figure things out. Yeah? What's happening? Uh, what are the facts? Maybe data, not dates, we've been hearing. Or maybe fragile. You've been feeling fragile. Or maybe you've been fighting. Fighting with the people you're locked up with at home. Fighting with other Christians instead of fighting for one another. Lots of Fs. But there is a word that Jesus uses in Luke 4 that begins with an F, and I want to suggest it's the word that God has for us as we reach for this vision together as a church, and that is that this would be the year of the Lord's favour. You might think you're joking. How could this be the year of the Lord's favour? Well, they thought the same thing too. Under Roman occupation, hasn't been a prophetic word since the scriptures, since the end of the Old Testament for 400 years. Things were awful. And Jesus doesn't just say, this favor is coming. He says, it's fulfilled right now. It's now. And the year of the Lord's favor is now. What is favor? We use the word, but we often don't quite know what it means, do we? We talk about favorite don't we? Uh, favourite's one we use the most. You're my favourite. Or do me a favour as an act of kindness. Um, or to fall out of favour with someone. You heard that one? And use that word. 
but favor, that we are God's favor and his favor is upon us. His disposition is towards us and to bless us and be engaged in our lives. So five things about favor from this passage. I promise you they'll be short. And by the way, if you want to, if you've got your phone, go to the fill-in notes and there's a handout for today. And you can put your notes in there and your verses and they're always then there for you to go back and keep track of. Favor comes after, fill in the blank, testing. Favor is not the absence. God's favor is not the absence of trial and struggles. Jesus promises us that if we follow him, we're going to have struggles, struggles and trials. Struggles and trials. That would be a new one, wouldn't it? Trials, trials and struggles. No, trials and struggles. Um, Luke 4, if you don't believe us, look at what happens. The, I read from verse 13. It says, when the devil had finished with Jesus, but it tells us that the devil then left until an opportune time. Jesus was going to be attacked by the devil again and again and again and again. That wasn't a one for all. And if I have a word for some of you today, it's this. Every battle will not last forever. It won't last forever. And every blessing won't last because new battles always come. But the favor of God is not dependent upon our trials, our trials <laughs> and our battles. Inventing new words. Favor. So favor. If you felt tested this last year, favor is for you. Favor comes after testing. Secondly, favor can find you anywhere. Anywhere. What if God's favor could find you anywhere? Jesus found God's favor in the wilderness. He found it uh, around in itinerant ministry on the way home. And he found it in the synagogue. Psalm 23, we've looked at recently that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God's favour has found me this year. I've sat down in preparation for today with all the other words that might apply to me and said, God, where have I found your favour? With my family, with you, with our church. Immense favour this last year that I could never have imagined coming into this year when all those announcements were made. God's favour has found me. Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness and it is and deliberately 40. It matches 40, de- 40 years of of Moses and the people of God in the wilderness. And Jesus finishes what Moses failed to do. Jesus enters into that, and Jesus takes us into that through a wilderness. And we all go through our own wilderness experiences. The Jesus who defeated the devil lives in you and I, Scripture says. There's a song, isn't it? He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. He that is in us is greater than he that is in... I'm showing my age. Did you like... I did a bit of singing. There you go. There's the 80s. I became a Christian in 1986 when I was 17. He that is in us is greater than he is in the world. And this Jesus wants to move us from where we are now into God's promised land for us, God's favour for us. Jesus wants to enter our lives to do what you can't do. Are you finding yourself right now today thinking, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. Jesus wants to take you. Jesus wants to break fear, frustration, fighting, break it off of our lives, and, and also break the familiar. That's my next thing, third. The third thing, the familiar. The familiar is the enemy of God's favour. And if you take away one thing from this passage today, and it's right in here, especially the response from the people in Jesus' hometown, this is the greatest danger you and I face coming out of lockdown, that the familiar will stop us receiving God's favor. We're told in Luke 4 verse 14, Jesus returns in power after his testing. Not pessimism, not fear, 
And he has God's favor upon him. And he brings a report into the synagogue that contradicts the daily reality of the people who are sitting there. I try to imagine, maybe you would imagine what it would be like to come along under Roman occupation. Dry, dusty day, 400 years without God speaking. Wondering when it was ever going to end. And Jesus reads this passage and he proclaims that the year of the Lord's favor is fulfilled now. Jesus knew what he was reading. Jesus was reading something that he knew was about him from the scroll. And he knew it was about him. And and I was trying to imagine, imagine the first time Jesus heard that in the synagogue. Luke reminds us that Jesus went to the synagogue every week, as was his habit, for regular worship. And imagine a young little Jesus. Made me think about what we do with our children and how important it is. I wonder if Jesus said, I can't remember a time when I hadn't heard that passage. And God revealed to him that it was going to be about him. Imagine the immensity of that moment for Jesus when he reads this and he says, this is me. People knew him, didn't they? His family. Jesus was familiar with them. They say, isn't this Joseph's son? Son of the carpenter. And we have a phrase, don't we, that familiarity breeds contempt. Because it's true, it does. Familiarity breeds contempt for things that are different. And when you and I are under pressure, we retreat to the familiar. And know, again, the analogy here with Jesus, 40 days and with Moses. If you know anything about the story of the people of God in the wilderness, you think if you, you and I think, if I went back to the time of Exodus and I was under occupation and then all these amazing miracles happen and pillars of fire, I would be desperate to leave there. But I tell you what, 40 years of wandering around in the desert eating... It was the equivalent of God's takeaway service, wasn't it? 40 years of that. No wonder people said, I want to go back to the way things were. I want to go back to what was familiar. And I've wondered coming in today, how many of us are like, I am so done with this last year. I know I used, anyone here used to moan about how life was a year ago. I know you did, because a lot of us did. But some of us would go, could we, I'd rather go back there now. See how we, want, we long for the familiar when under pressure. But verse 15, Jesus tells us that there is more favor, something different and new from God. Do you know when God's favor is new? Do you know where you see it the most? With new Christians, don't you? You ever notice with baby Christians? Full of God's favor. God can do anything. They believe he can do anything. And their life becomes full of God's favor. But the more we become familiar with God, sometimes, for many of us, it breeds a contempt, the inability to, let, to see and believe that God could do something new with me. And some of us, if we're being honest, I'm just dwelling on this third one, might say, I don't want a hard reset from God. I'd rather go back to how my settings were. And here is one of the dangers. And some of the prayer meetings we've been in and prayers people have been praying and discerning, there is an immense danger for our souls if we use this summer coming out of COVID to try and reset ourselves to our favorite settings instead of letting God reset us with his favorite settings, his favor for us. What if right now, no matter how difficult things have been, this challenging time right here with everything that you are, well, you're not right here, I'm right here, wherever you right here is for you, What if it was true that Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand for you? The favor of God is closer to you than the air you can breathe. 
Fourth thing, Jesus fulfills what we cannot do ourselves. I've mentioned that. Now, Jesus stops reading in Isaiah 61, verse 2, and he omits a bit from the, from the rest of Isaiah, which is about the day of vengeance. Now, everybody would have known this. They would have, they would have thought, He's missed that bit out. The first bit sounds great. The second bit, they loved as well. They loved it because it was God's going to get your enemies. And Jesus stops. He doesn't read it. Why does he not read it? Why does he stop there? Well, it seems that most commentators think this. People wanted vengeance. They wanted the Romans to be punished. They wanted retribution. They wanted repayment. That God's favor means getting us back to all the stuff that we lost. And what Jesus is doing is, Jesus does something here. Stay with me if you can follow this. In the language that's used in the Bible, where Jesus sits down, the language that Luke uses is the same as language that's used throughout the New Testament about Jesus being seated at the right hand of the Father. There is something that, the God, that Luke wants us to see. Jesus reads this, and instead of reading the vengeance bit, he sits down. It is done. Today, this is fulfilled, says Jesus. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. And scripture tells us that you and I are seated in heavenly realms with Jesus when we join him. We get to sit next to him in the same place with the Father. Jesus is not tired when he sits down. It's accomplished. And Jesus now fulfills all need for vengeance. All the things that we can't deal with. Sin, frustration, fear, failure, fighting. And Jesus says, all those things will be taken upon me. It is finished there's another f word and some of you we've had easter and the last words of jesus what were the last words of jesus it is finished so where are you and i poor where are we blind where are we in prison where are we oppressed because god has favor to release us from those things fifth thing last thing what are you and i fastened on uh, in verse 19, it says that after he spoke, they fastened. The Greek word there is atenitsian. I think that's how you pronounce it. Who knows? It was Greek. Atenitsian. Does that sound familiar? Sounds like the word attention, doesn't it? It's actually where we get the word attention from. Their attention was on Jesus, but actually it's a very particular word about attention, which is why the translators say fastened. Their attention was fastened. It's about emotionally strong esteem and trust it's like oh this is this is it and it's used a lot by luke by the way it's used when jesus rise, goes up into heaven and it says the disciples fastened their gaze upon him it's also used when simon when jesus has been arrested and is taken away um, and uh, and the servant girl notices simon and it says and the word is she fastened her attention and goes aren't you one of his disciples and all the crowd look that kind of attention. Look, look, look. This is it. This is important. Our emotional focus, what's yours? Because it determines if we go to fear and frustration and fighting or fragility. Or is it focused on favor and God's favor? Favor here from Jesus means to get our emotional focus back on Jesus and upon another F, the Father. And we have to let go of our familiar attachments that we often navigate life with to see the favor before us. And maybe in that prophetic word that I share with you at the start, I hear it as well. For myself, the challenge of it, God, all right, don't let me try and reset to what I was before. I want your favor. I want your favorites. 
You know the phrase, we can't see the wood for the trees? You ever heard that phrase? It's the way human attention works, the way we're wired. We literally can't see things because of where our attention is. And if our attention is the wrong things, we won't see the favor of God. That's why when someone, again, someone's a baby Christian, where's their attention? It's on Jesus. And their life fills up with favor until their attention stops being on Jesus. Have you ever had the experience of going around? You know when a shop closes and then you walk past and you go, what used to be there? I know there was something there, but the reason you can't remember what was there was because you never, got, you never went in it. It never got your attention. So we never saw it. That's kind of strange. I, Bev and I moved to Oxford when we first got married, um, when we were like 21 years old. And we were there for a year and a half, and people would say to us, oh, it must have been amazing. What did you see in Oxford? And we went, nothing. Literally, apart from the shops. Because we were so focused on the church. We didn't go visit any of the colleges. It's almost criminal, isn't it? Just didn't see what was right before our eyes. And we don't. Our attention and our focus. And here is something, back to finish on this, on the familiar. We have to let go of the familiar to see the favour. We have to. We use the familiar to navigate life because it feels comfortable, it feels safe, it feels secure. Now I want you to think about some friends. Don't think about yourself. Think about friends and family. Think about those people that you know who are navigating life right now by the familiar and you look at what they're doing and you're thinking, this is hurting you. But it's familiar, isn't it? And we do the same for ourselves. Because here's something about God's favour. God's favour feels very different. It is not familiar. It's out of our comfort zone. How many stories have you read in the New Testament where Jesus says, here is God's favor. Come and walk on the water. Ah, no. Go and pray for those people. Ah, no. Go and multiply breads and fishes. Ah, no. Go and raise the dead. Ah, no. You know, I am streams of living water. Go and do this. No, no, no. You see, every single encounter when Jesus brings God's favor to them, there is the response where some people go, and maybe the parable of the rich young ruler, Jesus says, oh, he looks at him with love and he says, come follow me. And the guy goes, no, I want to stay with what I've got. And yet the people that give up the familiar for the favor, look at how they are transformed. Here is a sign that you're on the threshold of God's favor. It does not feel familiar. It is unfamiliar. And it's uncomfortable. Do you know what I do when I am stressed and busy and having a hard time? I make longer to-do lists. Do you know what? I'll admit to something I did this week. I put some extra things on my to-do list that I'd already done, and then I struck them, I crossed them off. They've got some cheers in the room. Those of you who don't do that kind of thing are probably thinking, what a weird, sick thing to do. But those of you that like lists... It was like, oh, I'm in control. Oh, there's some extra things I did. Oh, and then I can cross them out. <laughs> to-do lists, or I'll work longer and I'll work harder. But you know one of the things the Lord has really challenged me on this last year is to pray. I'm going to tell you, I can't do any more than tell you what this means for me as a, as a hu- fellow human being before God like you. I have in the early hours of the morning, instead of, oh, just check my email and I'll just do this, have made, felt that I needed to pray more. And it has been really uncomfortable, but something's happened after a year. The unfamiliar has become familiar. And now the sense of God's presence is just so precious in the very early hours of the morning. And there are some other things that God's told me. Jason, don't do that in this season. This is what this looks like for you. Let go. 
Trust me. Pray more. Listen, listen to the word of the Spirit. Respond to things less. I'm someone that wants to care for people more and more, and I want to do more and more, and I find it really hard because guess what? It's familiar. I want God's favor to be more familiar. Give me more of the things that I know how to do, and instead God is telling me it's going to be unfamiliar. And I'm like, ah, take me back to a year ago when we were all doing what we were familiar with. So conclusion, will you and I change our F words? Every place that you're in now, God's favor is present if we'll see it. Again, it might have been being furious, familiar, fragile, fighting, frustrated. And those things chase away favor. Um, yeah, come back, guys. Here's the very last thing. Do you know what? You and I don't have to figure this out. There's another F. Do you see what I did there? You don't have to figure it out. We don't. All we have to do is embrace God's favor for us. It's up to him to figure it out. This is the very last thing. If you're still able to concentrate, well done. It's been a long morning. But again, I think I have a word, word for us and for some of you. Are any of you frustrated with our news and media at the minute, with its focus with the frustration and the anger and the fighting and the fear that is just everywhere, isn't it, and on social media. Because here is God's invitation to you and I. Here is how we navigate through it. It is the same as the situation that God's people were in when Jesus arrived and he went to the synagogue and Jesus says, come and take your seat with me. It will be finished by me. What is unfamiliar to you, says Jesus, is so familiar to me. The sense of the Father's presence, God's provision, God's favor was continually upon Jesus and he wants it to be upon you and I too. Amen.